0: survive.
1: Welcome back, Beard's Watch Podcast, episode 265, Charlotte's number one podcast, recording the basement. Another Panthers loss, we'll dive into that later. Duvall's on the red wine, Jeeves still got the two jerseys in the back. Jeeves, you haven't even mixed up the mojo yet after these losses. I know, I need to. So you need to throw some kind of other jerseys up there, but Jeeves, man, how you doing?
2: I'm doing good, doing good. It was a crushing loss on Sunday, but we'll, we'll, we'll bounce back and get another tub soon. But uh, if you guys are looking for me, it's Jeeves, 1988, all across the board on Instagram
1: and Twitter. All right, and Duval—he's—he's he's going with the mixed-up mojo. Still, it's not as cold yet, but I know Duval's house is, must be cold. Maybe <laughs> he didn't turned the heat on. I don't know. How you doing, Duval?
3: <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, and no, I have not cut the heat on yet. Um, it, it's not in that moment yet, just because of you know the North Carolina weather, especially Charlotte weather. Next week, it might be in the 80s. So. Um, but I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, I kind of got a little bit of a mix of emotions, Carolina, and then the Panthers up top. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Another loss, like Jeep said. But, you know, like you always say, man, it's only, the only thing we got guaranteed guarantee right now is 3-14, but we'll get into it as well. <laughs> um, but if you're looking for me, it's Rod versus Duval on Twitter, just Duvall on Instagram.
1: And, yeah, Duvall, I really think if they take this loss against the Giants on Sunday, it might get real hot for ruling them. And we'll jump into that later. We actually had someone reach out and on Sunday night asking they wanted to know our thoughts. So we'll dive into that a little bit later once we get past intros and getting to know our guests tonight. But, yeah, it was it was tough on that one. But for me, Twitter and Instagram, j Roll Nation, the Beards Watch podcast on Facebook. And then you can listen to our podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Amazon, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And then as we refer to, we record all of our reaction videos and put them on YouTube. So they see me rolling on YouTube. Laugh at our pain. Uh, Jeeves and Duvall, we got killed in the comments this week. Uh, we weren't as hyped as it needed to be. People said it was a slum- oh. it was a slumber party. We had a girl sleeping on the oh couch. Two God. girls sleeping on the <laughs> couch. Two
2: girls sleeping on the couch. I said, I,
1: I, re- I responded and said, look, man, we had a long wedding weekend. We let people sleep if they want to sleep. There was also I- a four-month-old there, so we were kind of tempered on that aspect. We had no grandparents there to kind of help watch the kids. And it was actually kind of – it's funny seeing people argue like four-year defense, and you don't even know that person. So there's people like standing really? up for us like, hey, these are just good friends hanging out. What's it matter? You don't have to watch. Right. <laughs> but we'll have to bring a little bit more energy, uh, hopefully this Sunday, with what we can. Okay. But, yeah, it was kind of funny. Nothing too harmful, just kind of some funny cracks here and there. And then, of course, all the Vikings fans just doing their little skull thing. But oh, all good on there. Sure, so subscribe to that. We're almost creeping towards that thousand mark where maybe we can, you know, make a case of beer a month. To buy for the reaction videos, you know what I mean? So, all right, now to our guest this evening. It's a guy I've known since I think about 2013 or 14. When I worked, when Speed went over to Fox Sports and I jumped over to the assignment desk and we were working hand in hand with Los Angeles' assignment desk, I'd worked at 4 a.m. to 1 p.m. shift and he was always an early guy, so he was more of the I think, I think 7 a.m. they finally came in, so so around like 10 or 11, our time, whatever it was, and just got to know through phone calls, passing off emails, passing off work, all that kind of stuff, and then I, once I jumped over to the new gig, he was still there, then they started restructuring, but we're going to catch up and see what he's been doing now, so Zuri, man, how you doing?
4: Hey, good to be here, thank you guys, I appreciate it, first of all, um, if you get comments on youtube it's still engagement it that's still true. helps the metrics you that's know true. you don't want to be too yeah. nasty but it, they're there they care i think that that's a big part of it but um yeah no it's good to be here. i don't know where you want to start but um thank well, you again. <laughs> yeah i guess
1: just first where can people find you on social medias if oh. you want to be found
4: so my handle is with zuri w-i-t-h-c-u-r-i on instagram and twitter um, I kind of regret that handle from time to time. It doesn't really make sense, but um, that's where it is.
1: I'm not changing it. Okay, nice. Hey, that's – it's been a common theme because I made fun of Duvall a couple weeks ago because back way when we started the podcast, he had conflicting Twitter and Instagram handles, mm. and he would always say, I'm going to change it, I'm going to change it, and then he just finally said, I'm not going to change it. So you just roll with what you got and go with it. So, Yep,
4: hold your ground. The only thing that's hard is when you want a link from Twitter and Instagram – it's nice if it's the same, uh, yes. same characters, but leave your truth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
1: so let's just get to know uh, before we dive into the question. Of it, but like, just kind of give us your background. I mean, you said yeah. you're watching the Dodgers game right now. You're watching the Nets and the and the Bucks game right now. Just kind of, yeah. let's get to know you before we get into all the sports and all that good stuff.
4: Well, yeah, um, I'm. Born and raised in LA, um, I'm here now. I've been here basically my whole life. Um, I did go to school in Syracuse, so I got a little bit of Central New York for four years. Uh, go Q's, but um, I've been working in sports for a long time. You know that intro really lays it out where we met each other first around 2013. Yeah. Um, when I was in school, I interned. I was lucky enough to intern at a few places. I, I worked for Major League Baseball as like a production intern, basically on like a website, and um, I worked at Fox Sports, which kind of led to me getting a job you know, in the big leagues. And um since then I've been in production for almost ten years now. Um we were at the news in on, on the news desk together. Yep. Um and then I would started cutting highlights in the web department a couple years later. Uh after that I kinda got disillusioned with cutting highlights. I kinda got tired of it. And um I you know, I, I left Fox probably prematurely. And um, I bounced around. I was a copy editor at Snapchat, which whenever I say that, people say, "What's the copy on Snapchat?" What do you have been doing, which you know, was, you know, it's, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, <laughs>
0: uh,
4: uh, and then I worked on a on a on a UFC boxing show called Below the Belt with Brendan Schaub, who's a stand-up comic and uh, fighting expert. That was a lot of fun. But as you guys know, in production. Um, sometimes these things don't last very long and they kind of just cut ties with our production company. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I kept hopping around and I work at crooked media, which is like a lefty, um, uh, political awareness outlet. And I work on a basketball show called tape line and a web show called all caps NBA. And I've been there about eight months and I'm really enjoying it. But other than that, I'm like, I maybe just an LA person. Um, and, I often wonder how long I'll be here, but okay. it's a nice place. And, and so I'm taking it a year t-
1: later. Take me back to you grew up in L. A. But then why would you go all the way to Syracuse for college?
4: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Um, I hate my family. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no I love my family. Um, well, I have an older brother and older sister, and my brother went to Berklee College of Music in Boston. And my sister went to Sarah Lawrence in New York. Okay. So I think about I think they just kinda paved the way and, you know, made it seem normal to kinda go away and, and experience something. Okay. Also, my mom is from Kenya. Okay. Uh she so she came here to go to school when she was eighteen. So I think like, you know, it's always been a part of a family to kinda do what your heart desires. And um but specifically Syracuse, they had a sports management program. Okay and I, I and I thought I was gonna be a sports agent. And okay. um That's the thing that got me over there, and the basketball team was great. They were always a very good team, but when I was in high school, Johnny Flynn was there and, like, Andy Routins and um, they were just, you know, on TV a lot, and that's kind of how I uh, became aware of the school, and and I wanted to be in this program, so – And this is very expensive school. I'm still paying it off. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Think about that too.
1: Yeah. Student loan debt, man, is killing a bunch of people around here. So, So,
4: yeah.
3: I I was just going to say, you you mentioned being a sports agent. I mean, you're kind of away from that now. So, what kind of drove you away from not being a sports agent? Because, I mean, of course, you talked about sports. I know you would have loved to be, you know, just like another Drew Rosenhaus or somebody like that, you know, or something like that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, i probably started with jerry Maguire, and i think that's yeah. kind of a lip of shoes yeah. um uh i think you know when i got there i i was writing for the school paper and um i got to cover like like field hockey and like um track and field and some of the olympic sports but i never really got to cover the basketball team or the football team and um i just kind of had to make a decision like you know my well actually let me back up um the the sports agent life really didn't seem like something I was gonna like for the rest of my life it, to be honest it, I think it's a lot of like I will call it babysitting I don't it's not you know apropos maybe but you're kind of taking care of the the client first and foremost and I like, I kind of want to do my own thing yeah. <laughs> so so yeah so then I started writing at the paper I didn't get to cover what I wanted to cover and then uh, I just needed something else to do and um, I got that internship with baseball. My senior year, and then I was like, okay, production is—you're behind the scenes. It's a little more. You have a little more creative uh, output with something like that, and um, I just kind of—I don't know—fell in love with it. But um, the agency, the agency side—you know—I'll tell you a story. I, after I graduated, I was looking for work, and I—I I interviewed at a talent agency, and my interview was so bad that. Like twenty minutes into the interview, the lady asked me, "Do you know what you're interviewing for? <laughs> like, do, do you know what this position is?" So it, it's kind of a you know it's kind of a cutthroat world. I would say uh, you have to be pretty hardened to do something like that. Yeah. And um, at least it probably just wasn't a great fit for me. I'm a you know I'm a big softy. <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. So, I could have started with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you you figured that out Syracuse and then you bounce I guess you bounced around a little bit but you still ended up back in LA was that yeah. kind of on purpose or that just kind of how the ball rolled
4: um it was not on purpose i i, I thought dude like this whole interview is going to be me telling what i thought i was going to do with my life <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> hey that's that's a lot of people's lives man that's a lot of people's yeah. lives yeah
4: yeah you don't know how you don't know where you're going to end up and yeah. you kind of have to just be, um light and then see
1: what uh, as but you mentioned student loans, bills are always due when you hit a certain <laughs> spot. So you yeah. gotta find something that's gonna help pay those bills as soon as you get out of college. So I understand it.
4: Yeah, that will rush the decision for yeah. sure. Um I, I you know I wanted to live in New York after I graduated. Yeah. And I, I, I did live there for a little bit and I was working at a like a Mexican barbecue place and I worked yeah. at GameStop and I had these like odd jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Where it's like okay, I'm gonna try and stay here while until I get the thing that I want to get But it just never really came through, and um, and I just you know I ran out of money basically and came home, and and it still didn't really work out. But um, uh, yeah, I just kind of had to come home basically. Okay,
1: so you came back home, and then how did you end up stumbling? I mean, getting to Fox Sports.
4: Well, um, you remember Ben Healy? Yes. Um, uh, Ben reached out to me, and he said, "Hey, you know, we're starting this thing." I can't tell you much about it, but I wanted to hit up some of the former interns because I think, you know, some of you guys did a good job and, and we're going to bring in for some interviews. And um, that it just kind of pieced together because um, I guess he liked me when I was an intern. Yeah. And this is a few years removed from that. And by the way, what I remember from, those, from that era of Fox Sports 1 starting was a lot of, uh, I would say, vitriol from the Speed folks that we were... Intercepting something that was already in motion. Yeah. I don't know if we want to go <laughs> directly into that, but um, uh, that's that, you know, he, yeah, he reached out and I did a, a few rounds of interviews and, and was lucky enough to get it. But um, yeah, I, just, I remember like feeling uneasy about the speed relationship and, and how it was kind of jammed together.
1: Yeah, that was a weird time because it was a lot of us. I remember working on the speed side, we had been hearing for like almost a year of like, are we all going to lose our jobs? What are they going to do? Are they going to take NASCAR Race Hub to L.A.? And I know all that was probably on the table, but then they realized like, it would be kind of silly to have a Race Hub show out in L.A. when every, about 95% of the teams are in North Carolina or on the East Coast and all that stuff. So then people were feeling like, okay, well, at least we'll have a job. But then it was like, what are they doing? But yeah, by the time it started, I just remember Amy Martin, who we worked with, was like, hey, I've got this spot. And a lot of people would kind of turn it down, and I was the same way, like – I got an apartment, I got bills to pay, at least yep. it's something because there's a lot of, you know, uncertainties right now and getting on the assignment desk and it definitely was a a learning experience and a humbling one having to wake up on our side at 3am oh to, to get into work yeah. was always tough and when you, when you slept in on that 4am shift, you slept in till like <laughs> 7 with like 27 missed calls wondering where you were and all that kind of stuff, but
4: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it, go ahead.
4: No, yeah, I, I, the, the the shifts were pretty um, unforgiving. Yes, I, I had the five a.m. to two p.m. at one point, which wow. sounds like a walk in the park compared to three a.m. But <laughs> I, um, I remember like going to work and people would be coming home from the bar. Yes, as I'm like turning my car on. Like, oh, yes, is,
1: like, yes, I do. I do remember that multiple times. <laughs> like there'd be a concert leaving, and you'd be trying to just make sure you avoided the drunk drivers as they're right, swerving yeah. and out. And you're like, this is this ain't the way I want to go going into work. Like is not <laughs> yeah. it. But Chips yeah. so, I mean, I remember and then, and then I came out to L.A. like a year yeah. or so into it or maybe, you know, six to eight months into it, meeting all you guys and just realizing how that was a different lifestyle and not necessarily, you know, for me. But how do you you've lived in L.A., like you said, all but maybe four or five years of your life. Mm-hmm. What do you love about that lifestyle?
4: Um, It's not weed here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, I you know, think about being a video editor, I don't know any video editors that don't, like, smoke weed, or just, yeah. you know, it helps, but, um, I think it's natural, I think it's just, it's natural, it's, you know, it's hard to leave home sometimes, <laughs> I, I have a lot of family here, yeah, uh, this is, like, the fake answers, <laughs> um, uh, I, culturally, I think, I think um, it's a good fit here, you know, it's a pretty liberal place for the most part, um, I don't know. I'm not really a beach person. I'm not a skateboarder. Yeah. So I'm not like some of these things that might come to mind right off the bat. But um, it's a hard place to live. I think about it all the time. And sometimes I think like, would it have better would have been better to grow up in a a smaller t- town or city so that LA would have like more novelty? Yeah. And you know, be like you know, things would be new. Um. But you don't
1: want to hear me complain about that. That's just <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know it's I know. It, it always it's always interesting to me. I remember going out to Vegas for my first time and when we were checking out of the hotel that we stayed at and the lady was like, "Oh, where are you guys from?" We were like, "Charlotte." And she was like, we were like, "Where are you from?" She's like, "Oh, I was born and raised in LA, went or in Vegas, went to UNLV." And that just blew my mind to yeah. think like obviously that that's, there's that's thousands possible. of people that do that, but living in LA and grow I mean, living in Vegas and growing up same thing as you like living in LA is such The rest of the country and world sees it as like a novelty. Like there's no way I could live in Las Vegas because that was just a wild place. I mean, obviously maybe out in the outskirts, not near the Strip or anything, but L.A. too is just another. The fast pace. I feel like it was just like one. The cost of living is wildly out there. Uh, I remember seeing gas. I remember seeing loaves of bread and just crazy <laughs> stuff. Being like, no, no, no. And then I do like my trees and a little bit of space and a little bit of yard and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And to have all that out there, you've got to, you know, play yeah. for an NFL team or right. you know, something like that. So, is that have you ever been intrigued to try to move out of there, or are you just now your heart's in in LA?
4: You know, uh, when the whole pandemic started, I, I gave that a lot of thought. Yeah, because you, you can do a lot of these jobs from you know remotely or from wherever you want. Um, I did move during the pandemic. I moved from one apartment to another one. But um, uh, the, the, the common denominator is like, I like working on a lot of things that still happen here. Yeah. So, and like a lot of my jobs are, are like, it have been in entertainment. And, and it's not, it's always, I always weigh like, it like, do I want to give up the kind of career that I'm, you know, in and want to move through or yeah. like have solitude and peace of mind and like um, kind of settle down? I will say that like if I you know when I do settle down it probably won't be in like directly in the city it might be like on the outskirts in Pasadena or you know in the valley somewhere or, yeah um, or further south but um, right now it's really it's really just work it's just like there's a lot of just a lot of stuff I still want to do here and um, that's that's mainly the thing that keeps me around.
1: What is that next goal or work that you think you want to do?
4: Um, my dream was to work on a late night show, like okay. late night comedy. Okay. Um, and that's probably why my handle is with Zuri, because it's like it's like a, it's like a late night, yeah, <laughs> or something. I don't know. But um, that I and mean, you know they shoot those in New York too. But um, that, that I haven't really I've been in sports for so long that I haven't totally dove into that. When yeah. when I was working on Below the Belt, um, Brendan is like a pretty well known stand up now. He's he's mainly a fight guy, but he's also a comic. So yeah. You know, it's nice working with comedians, and it's nice, you know, working on something where you're pitching jokes, and you're, you're filming sketches, and um, you're just trying to be funny. So that kind of stuff, I always want to hang around, but yeah. um, the dream, you know, I wanted to work on Kimmel, and Conan, and, um, you know, the Daily Show, all these things, but um, I'm, I'm kind of just, I, I'm happy just getting things that are nearby, and, and people want to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's
1: so, you brought up like writing the sketches and do that. You also have your little sketches that you post on Instagram every now I do, and then. Yeah. How'd you kind of get into doing those? And they're just like simple one, one piece, you know, artwork pieces there. What started that?
4: It's um, a good question. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know what it is? Like, I did a little stand up and I was not very good at it. And it was very, you know, a very nerve wracking thing to do. And it's just another way to try and be funny or try and, um, have something funny to say where you're kind of in more control of the output. You can take as long as you want.
1: Yeah. You
4: know, you can take six months thinking of something you can think of something on the spot. It doesn't have to look great. Uh, you know, the caption can be funny the, the cartoon can look like crap. Yeah. So I like, I like all these things and, um, it's just a nice practice. It's just, it's a nice outlet. That's not the day-to-day stuff. And, um, to be honest, I was like, I was like, am I funny? <laughs> so in the <laughs> beginning, I was like, you know, will, it, will, will anyone like this stuff? And it was, it was just a test. And to be honest, I'm not sure. It's <laughs> inconclusive. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, like, that's kind of like any of the content
1: now that you put out and you don't have a mainstream backing of like a bar stool or somebody else. You just kind of, yeah. oh, is someone liking this or not? And Sometimes it gets yeah. some likes, sometimes, you know, you just never know, but you just kind of keep at it for, like, for us, as Duval I said, we just do it for, like, a peace of mind, fun, and shooting the breeze, and why not do it, you know what I mean? I mean, we started the podcast because I was getting in trouble at work, stopping at too many people's cubes, talking about uh-huh. Game of Thrones, <laughs> or talking about the past NFL season, so, yeah, you okay. know, why not? But so But how, what are some stereotypes about, like, growing up in L.A., that are completely false. Hmm.
4: Um. I think the the like the accent. I don't know if you guys are hearing an accent right now or not. But I don't. I don't hear it. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, <laughs> it sounds um, like a a normal maybe a Western voice type scenario. But
4: yeah. Yeah. Um. That's a good question. Um.
1: Like what are what are, what would the high school life <laughs> be like out there?
4: Well um high school my high school i really appreciate it i went to public school it was like yeah. it was a middle school and a high school and um and, you know it's very very um it was a magnet school so like there's a lot of pressure to get good grades and like almost everyone graduated so i, I appreciate that it's a very diverse school where like you know there's just you meet a lot of different kinds of people and, yeah. and that's awesome um as far as stereotypes, though, uh, I think my thing is a lot of L.A. stereotypes are based on people that moved to L.A. and not people that actually grew up here. Okay. So it's like that we're, like, maybe dispassionate or that we're, you know, um, inter- <laughs> I just spent 20 minutes talking about it. I want to work in entertainment forever, but, yeah. like, that, like, we only are focused on, on like, entertainment and, like, being famous. But um, there's, there's like, we struggle. There's struggles here uh, as there are everywhere else. And um, the neighbor like, I think a lot of people come here and they only hang around uh, like three different neighborhoods but um there's just a lot of culture if you just go a little deeper into the city or if you're if that's where you came from um so uh, the biggest thing is I think we're just like people assume that we are all the people that moved here and and um I think that's not the case but um the one I mean there are some that are true it's just like I said there's just a lot of weed smoke around like there's the scent of LA is kind of like Oh you know, well, yeah, you know, and that's kind of. <laughs> I mean,
1: when, when was when did weed become legal in LA? Has it been there for a while?
4: So um, my life spans the gap. When I was in, I don't I'm gonna give things away here, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was younger, it was like, all right, meet the guy uh, at, at the house, and like he'll be out in fifteen minutes. And that's, <laughs> that's <the blessing>. Okay. <laughs> By the time I uh, was in college. There were medicinal shops where, okay. like, you had to have a a rec. And yeah, like, that was the only way to do it. And I think maybe twenty sixteen or so, twenty fifteen or so, it's like recreational and and you do it when you have you're having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. wake up or you want to go to sleep yeah. or you want to read. <laughs> <These things>.
1: So, <laughs> if you had, are you a, a, Char- a Chargers fan or a Rams fan?
4: I knew this was gonna come up. <laughs> I. I don't. I don't have a great answer for this. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a Rams fan, sure, but okay. I, you know. So I. So we didn't have an NFL team here. Yeah. my my old. Okay. And um, the Rams were in St. Louis. And even when the Rams played the Titans, I was like, I kind of was rooting for the Titans when I was 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, um. Obviously. Uh, I'm a Dodgers fan. I'll say that. But um, the big thing is, it was USC football when I was in high school. And that was kind of like the premier thing to watch. Okay. So when I was younger, it was like Matt Leiner and like Lindell White and like Mike Williams and um, Paul Molo and all these guys. Uh, that, so that was the big event. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not a huge Rams or Chargers fan. And okay. I don't want to lie on this podcast.
1: Like, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Do you think you'll become more like as a fan you are of the Dodgers? As as a Rams fan, or are you just kind of waiting to see how that goes?
4: Um, I like McVeigh. Um, I like Stafford. I like what they're doing. Um, uh, I think it'll never reach the the zenith that it is. I just you know, okay, I grew up playing baseball, and okay. that's always been my number one. And you know, I was born in 1990, and the last time they won was 1988. We won last year, obviously, but so my whole life is like, when are we going to win again? <laughs> And I, I don't I don't have that history with the Rams where um, I, it's been a lifelong thing. So I, I still feel like oh I support them, you know. And when they when they go to the, when they went to the Super Bowl, it's like oh, obviously it's was crazy here. We all wanted to win, but um, I, I haven't had the like the growing um, fandom that kind of solidifies you know
1: being yeah. a fan We we felt that pain as Panther fans and Hornets fans. were still waiting for that. Ultimate championship. Yeah. But, yep. you know, we've cool. had teams leave two The Hornets left. Then we had the Bobcats and the Hornets came back, kind of thing. But, yeah. What was
4: the Bobcats era like?
1: Did you guys? Yo, did you
4: guys, Well, so.
1: Up? It was weird. It was weird. Yeah, it was,
4: it was
1: weird. We were yeah. we, we were just starting high school. We were just kind of still getting over your ex leaving, right? Like, they left. You <laughs> yeah. still saw them down there thriving, you know, in, in New Orleans. And, and then you kind of, okay, here's this other girl who you, di- you weren't really. You were surprised. Because you you're like, different. wait, why did they just leave to come back this fast? Like, that's yeah. kind of weird. Why they even have to leave in the first place? And I think the coolest thing about it was, like, the tickets were super cheap. Uh, Man, like was, yeah. like it was right around like the, and then like what it was like starting in high school and in high school and then coming back during like college trips because they were so bad and they were trying to get people in that arena. I mean you could get tickets for five dollars and this is before Ticketmaster would hit you with fourteen ninety nine surcharge plus twenty <laughs> yeah. one ninety nine service yeah. fee or whatever it is they hit you with now where you're like oh a $20 ticket that ends up being $88 like that's not right. <laughs> Right, yeah. So you could, or you could literally show up at the arena and be like, "I want the five dollar tickets." And the the arena they built down there In, in, in Uptown is only like thirty five, thirty six thousand. So okay. there's not really a bad bad seat in the whole place. Um,
4: so it was easy to become a fan, but they didn't they didn't do enough
1: to, to they, I don't know. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was always it was always the Hornets, right? Like regardless, yeah. the Hornets cool. always deserve to be here with the history of the name. All that kind of stuff. So then, when they finally, you know, went to the Pelicans down there in New Orleans, and it came up, it was like it had to be there in the colors, the everything like that. And like I said, I think the Bobcats went to playoffs one year. They got swept. Um,
4: yeah. I so, remember Kareem Rush. Kareem Rush is on one of those. Kareem time.
1: Rush was yeah. He, that was his little comeback tour. We had <laughs> yeah. Felton. Um, yeah. We had Sean May. Team too?
4: I was going to say who's the big man? Okafor. Okafor was
1: yeah. Okafor was, the, was the number one pick. He was the one. Right after Dwight Howard, because Dwight Howard went one to the Magic, Okafor went two. Which, I mean, in the scheme of things, you'd want Dwight Howard, but for the team, you needed Okafor because an 18 year old would probably not have been good for a, like a rebuilding franchise, sure, starting exactly. expansion yeah. team kind of thing. But
4: Okafor was can't miss out of college too, and he yeah. had a pretty he had a fairly yeah. decent career. But you know, just he was good.
1: To to he be. was good until everyone gets them back injuries. You right. Know? Yeah. No one ever in the history of sports comes back from a back like oh you never say yeah I feel better after this back injury it's just like eh it's kind of there you know what I mean so
4: yeah the other thing that binds Charlotte and LA is the Chris Paul trade and how it didn't go through um, and we were open arms I remember like everyone was really pissed off yeah you know. As Lakers fans we probably had no right to be mad
1: about it kinda all worked out. Yeah, I mean yeah, it all worked out. Now you've got about everybody on the team out there. So he made it
4: yeah.
1: So you are a Lakers fan.
4: Yeah.
1: And Dodgers. Game's coming
4: up soon. That's
1: right, yeah. What if you had to choose one to go to, you're gonna go to a Dodgers game?
4: Yeah, hands down. Um your story about, like, ticket prices is the same thing with Dodger games. We used to have $6 seats in the outfield. Yeah. And um, it was like, you know, if, if all else fails, we can do that. Um, Lakers games, I've been, you know, I'll try to go to, like, a game a year maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, before LeBron came here, I was not – I didn't really like him. Um, <laughs> I was definitely um, Team Kobe, obviously. But um, he started to grow on me. And I was talking about this with a friend today. The, the whole the whole thing with, with – um, him passing Kobe and then Kobe passing away right after that is like so bizarre to me still. Yeah. Um but there's a lot that he's done. Like I think he's like I think he understands like the, the gravity of like being the main guy here and I think he's he stepped into it well and, and um and like he does all this stuff off the court that's great. But um if I had to go to game I'd go to Dodgers. I'd go to like four Dodgers games. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I go to three Dodgers games probably go to like Game, probably. It's that it's that heavy. But um I do love the Lakers too, yeah.
1: I know Duval got so, a question to ask, yeah. yeah.
3: So 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 if you if you're going comparing both of those, I got a couple questions, but I'm just going just uh, Dodgers Lakers. Um, yeah. Over the past couple of years, y'all both won titles. Yeah. So which one did you appreciate more? Was it the Dodgers one or was it the Lakers one with LeBron going through the bubble and all that kind of stuff? This is such a Dodgers-centric podcast. Is that it's
4: it's probably the Dodgers one. Mainly, mainly because the, the, the time elapsed between the last ring and this one. Okay. Um, but, but the bubble, um, the, you know, the thing I remember most about the bubble is, is the Bucks protests and like and the kind of the solidarity around that. And, yeah. um, and like the sun's going on a run. And then like AD was, I think the story of that championship was mostly um, AD kind of coming to his own and hitting a big shot in the Western Conference Finals and like him, him like, oh, okay, this can be our new guy. Um. yeah it's it's it, we're kind of it's like an embarrassment of riches almost like you know these teams <laughs> come together and sometimes like they're not here forever the, the flip side is like if if you have a hometown team where everyone stays together then like you're rooting for the same guys for five six seven years yeah. we've had a lot of right yeah. we've had a lot of turnover um, with the Lakers and again this year where it's like okay um, I guess I uh, like Kent Bazemore now
0: <laughs> I
4: <don't know>, right? am <laughs> uh, on the Bazemore uh, uh bandwagon but um uh
1: i i'd
4: hate to I, you know i hate to uh i i we're, were gratified that they both won the one thing i do want is that we didn't get a championship parade for either team because they were both pandemic rings yeah and so like you know i i i would like a joint parade or something like that where we can all get together but um yeah,
1: well will they be able to do it with carmelo this year will carmelo finally
4: get his ring um if like 80% of the roster is healthy in June. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> um, That's key. Yeah. Yeah. Will Carmelo get his ring? I think so. And I was thinking too, like if he does, who does he leapfrog on, in the pantheon of, of power forwards in NBA history? Like do we put him over – I think we, we might even put him over guys with more rings. I got, I think about Bosch. Bosch has two. Um, even Tim Duncan has, I think, five, four or five. Yeah. And uh, Carmelo would like – was um, so ingrained in like this generation of basketball that like if he just gets one, same a with Russ. Um, I think people look at him way differently. Um, will we get it done? I don't know, man. It's hard to tell. It's it's like, like who knew the Suns were gonna do what they did last year? Um, I don't think people saw the Bucks, you know, going to the finals. It's it's kind of a whoever's the healthiest in the spring is usually the champion.
1: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. it. Duvall, you said you had a couple questions, so I'll go ahead and fire
3: yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so my next question is is I know you mentioned all these California teams. You didn't mention Oakland that are now in Las Vegas. So yeah. how was that growing up? I mean Oakland's just what across the bridge or whatever the case may be. So how is that like when you were growing up, was that a big yeah thing? Did did you at any point kind of have some type of love for Oakland? Yeah. Um you know, and then, what is it? Who Can we talk about, about Gruden's this?
4: emails? Can we go straight to his <laughs> emails? <laughs> yeah. was going, let's yeah. read each one in, during the podcast. We'll yeah. <laughs> act it out. I'll be Gruden. <laughs> I was kidding. Um, yeah, there were a lot of Raiders fans here growing up. the LA Raiders were here when I was a kid. Yeah. So really, it was kind of like, if you had like an older brother or like OGs that were Raiders fans, some of it got indoctrinated, I think, to our generation. Yeah. Well, my best friends, Danny, he's a big Raiders fan. He now he's a he's a he's a Vegas Raiders fan, so I kind of lived through him. But um, uh, did I have some love for them? Yeah. Um, I, I just, honestly though, when like when they played the Bucks, I was just a fan of the NFL. I know you don't want to hear that, but I was like, okay, this is cool. I actually kind of like the yeah. Bucs. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I actually, you know, the canon and all. Um, when yeah, Rich Cannon, like, I don't know, they haven't been. Derek Carr's an exciting player, but I don't know how many, like, super exciting players they've had, at least in that decade, like, 2000, 2010. They were, like, very effective. Tim Brown, Tim Brown, like, had, you know, he's kind of like an old man with the tape on his fingers. like, okay, he's kind of but, like, not really, like, you know, I can't wait to watch him play. But um, there were a lot of uh, carryover L.A. Raiders fans that um, kept kept the culture here. But Oakland's Oakland's not that close. Oakland's probably, like, a five-hour drive. Yeah, four, four and a half, five hours. About yeah, four and a half, five hour drive. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really? Good. Good. Yeah, and there's still. I mean, I think there's. I think there's solidarity because we didn't have. We haven't always had a team here, so it's like people would latch on. Even the Niners. There's Niners fans out here growing up. There's even like obviously Cowboys fans. I think every city has yeah. Cowboys fans. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah. Cap, the the Cowboys would come out there to. Uh, the California, like, yeah. for their they training go, they, go to,
4: camp. Exactly, they go to Oxnard, yeah, exactly, yeah. But I don't think that's the reason. I think people just like they're winning rings and, and yeah, people like rooting for a team to win. It's it's now yeah, yeah because you,
1: you can find Patriots fans everywhere and Steelers fans everywhere because right. they won so much kind of thing. So
4: yeah, people want to root for a winner. Yeah. Um but you know, there's a the whole thing with the Bay in Southern California where usually there's like spite and like you know, Dodgers fans don't like Giants fans, Lakers, right. Warriors. It's usually kind of. Separate, but uh, and they say beat, you know beat LA chance in every sport, so uh, not a lot of love. So the emails or are... emails. <laughs> 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 okay. Oh,
1: uh, Duvall, did you have another one?
3: Uh, what did I have? No. Well, well one I didn't know how far you know Oakland was, but I guess I, I, I'll I'll ask this just from as as a as a music guy. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't I don't know how much influence you had of just listening to Nipsey Hussle, but like, oh. what impact did he have on people in the city of L.A.? I mean, now, of course yeah. the industry was different, but like just L.A. and, and California, you know, yeah. I, I caught him like on the tail end, like right before he passed, like I heard about yeah. him like maybe a year and a half or so beforehand. And I really liked his music. I hate he wasn't able to put out more. But mm-hmm. kind of like, as you're growing up, even though you were in New York, which is mm-hmm. another whole other music industry, I know you still kept in touch with the, yeah. the West Coast. Like, what type of impact did he have? And were you a big fan of his? And
4: yeah. kind of
3: how does it look now?
4: That's a great question. I think he was just hitting his stride when we lost him. And I think he was putting out a lot of really good music right before he died. And the, the, I think of a couple things. One... Um, well, first of all, when he passed, like, the I live, my family lives in Limerick Park, which is right down the street from the Marathon shop. So, like, there's, okay. it was, like, for months, there was a lot of people packing in to pay their respects. And there's, like, it was a lot of, you know, it was kind of heavy. And then the other thing is, I'm pretty sure he's Ethiopian. I'm not, I might be wrong, but I think he's. I he's believe Hispanic. so, yeah. I think so. And we have a little Ethiopia here, right, um, right off Fairfax in the middle of the city. And I'm Kenyan, so uh, there's, like, I think about that part of it, too, how, um, just, like, the immigrant, experience and like how he kind of you know he's a self-made man and um uh that part is unfortunate too that like he he came from that specific background and we lost him as well but as far as like la rap music um i you know uh i i i followed him but like don kennedy's a guy from la that like i, I followed sure. a lot and there's a there's a lot of people in his circle that he would make music with um dj Mustard, dj muster went to my high school and so it's like um there's a lot of pride in these guys blowing up and you guys can hear me talk, you know, I'm not a rapper, and you know, like, uh, I'm, not, I'm not like the hardest dude out here, but there's still a lot of like, um, I be, like, I don't know. There's a lot of pride when, when, he's, when they make it big, but, um, uh, no, I think about him being Ethiopian a lot and, and like he, and like he would, he, I know he put people on and he would like mentor people. And, um, he was really, he was just like, a great role model. And the fact that like, it was just some street stuff that, took him away it's probably the worst part because he was advocating against that for a long time. You know? Yeah. And and that's the thing that got him. So it's like it really is not a good look for us that like we're still eating up these these like influential voices. Like the streets are you know, the streets are still eating up these voices that are actually um like dedicating their lives against it. It's just not a really good look for yeah. for us as a city.
1: So Duvall just texted me and just said he had to go, got an emergency with his family, so... Oh, we'll just, okay. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just keep rocking with what we got here. No worries, yeah. no yeah. worries. But make a bite from it. Talk, yeah. yeah, talk... Um, You brought up the immigrant stuff a lot. What was your mom's initial, like, thought process, and why did she come over, and why did she end up wanting to go to L.A.? Why was that her initial spot as opposed to anywhere yeah. else?
4: Yeah, um... So my mom's one of one of 10 kids, and um, she, she she grew up in Nairobi, and um, just like me, some of her siblings would go away for school, excuse me, um, if it's like private school, or yeah. they'd go away to college. And um, so I think that was part of it. But she actually went to Oregon at first. She went to the University of Oregon. Oh, okay. God. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and that's where my parents met, so like... Um,
1: why, but why, her- why, why Oregon?
4: Uh, well... Um, she was she's a smart uh, lady, and she actually got into MIT, and she saw okay. the postcard, and she was like, it looks too cold. So she, she didn't want to go there.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh,
4: fair we, enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, she got into Oregon. She got into the architecture school, and, and okay. that's what she wanted to study. And so she that was what she studied um, when she got there. And um, why why, why uh, how they got to L.A., um, I think my, my parents just want to start a family elsewhere after they uh, left Eugene. Yeah, and um, my dad's from here, so they came here to settle down. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, she's she's the trailblazer. She's the, the matriarch.
1: Yeah. Um, so how now? She with ten brothers and sisters. How many did she end up having? How many brothers and sisters do you have?
4: I have an older brother and older sister. Okay, so she went with um, the
1: three strong and said, "All right, I don't need <laughs> you <those> six six.
4: Sure. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> He's, These women, man, they're so strong. She got three C-sections. Like, I'm not, I don't blame her. Yeah, my my
1: wife had two, and it is pretty, it's a wild process. And, I mean, the the technology and advances have come a long way, but it really is a scary thing, and I can't imagine. You know, you think about the birthing process, and you really think, dang, man, it's it's crazy how long humans have been on this earth because it's just such a... Natural process, but it also is just a crazy sure. process and there's so many small things that can go wrong and all that kind of stuff, too So,
4: God, man, God bless you and your family. You got you have two wonderful children but I know like for my I don't have any kids. My brother has a kid and it's like I know that like along the way like it's a very It's probably a very nerve-wracking experience. Yeah, like getting checkups and like making sure the baby's gonna be healthy. and all these
1: things.
4: Yeah kids, so. um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't think she wanted any more kids I used (laughs) to always (laughs) ask Fair
1: enough, fair Fair enough. enough. So, switch it back to baseball. What was it that you loved about baseball, and why is it your number one sport, per se?
4: Well, I'm short. You know, (laughs) it's a sport that we can play. We're allowed on the field. (laughs) Um, I used to play second base, and um, it's just uh, I take to it a little more naturally. Um, People call it a thinking man's game, and, like, you know, whatever, it's... uh, it's a little more cerebral, perhaps, but um, it's just. It, I think it's just more accessible to like you know, if you're if you're not six foot, you're not gonna play in the NBA. If you're not you know built like a truck, you might not play in the NFL. And um, yeah, I think I think it came that way. But baseball, Dude, yeah, yeah. Speaking of baseball, who's winning the game? I see it all behind you.
2: Uh, hey, we're up now, six five. <laughs> okay. Oh, you guys must be Braves fans. Are you both? I,
4: I'm, a, I'm a Braves fan, but also an A's fan. Wow. That's got my natural reaction
1: on the podcast. So I there you go. I dabble in the Braves, but it was never really since they weren't close. I mean, they were close by, but still a couple yeah. hours to Atlanta. Uh, you know, baseball, I loved playing it growing up, but mm-hmm. watching it, I never, you know, I'd always fall because some of those games could take so long or whatever. Um, yeah. we you know we have a minor league team here that we go to, and you know, a couple buck tickets you can go to and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it sometimes was more... minor
4: league games are more fun than major league games. Yeah, they there's can there's, be. there's more um uh like fan events in between innings. Yeah, it's just like a little more
1: cozy. Yeah. So um, I was more football, basketball, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But I love playing baseball because it was just it's a fun sport to play. You yeah. Know? So
4: watching that so much, they're still trying to figure out how to fix the game. They are,
1: they are. They're trying fix- a lot. They're trying a lot of different We're things. Too- so,
2: yeah, uh, I have a question. I don't know if you know, but um, whereabouts are they putting the LA stadium, the Clippers stadium? Oh, because um, I know they're take they're they're doing away from them being in the same stadium, yeah, as, same arena as the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, and
4: they're getting their own. So. How far is that from
2: uh, the Staples
4: Center? So, um, Staples Center is in downtown L.A., and the new Clippers are in it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be in Inglewood, which is, like, maybe 20, 25 miles away. And uh, basically right where the Rams and Chargers play, right next door. Um, Oh,
1: really?
4: Yeah, and um, basically it's, like, I don't know, forty five minutes in a car or something like that. But the big thing with, with like Clippers games, and I empathize, is that the the, the seats are purple at the stable center. And yeah. like they'd have to cover the banners when the Lakers are playing. And like the experience like honestly, when you're walking around the concourse, you see more like Shania Twain posters and like and like Taylor Swift <laughs> posters than like Clippers memorabilia. So I think it's it's like probably about time. And there are some diehard Clippers fans here. I would like um like I feel for them, you know they're, they're, their 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 scorn is real, and um and they they just get they get heartbroken all the time. But if anything, they they might have the most diehard fan base in L.A. Are act, like actual Clippers fans, not because they've not
1: been through so them. much more turmoil, huh? Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, fuck them, but like yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. all, all right. right.
1: Be- Before we get to the notebook, got to, I got one more question. What's the best thing about living in LA and the worst thing about living in LA mm.
4: um, uh, okay I'll go worst thing first it is um, dating here can be kind of hard <laughs> <laughs> dating here can be kind of hard I think the 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 standard is it can be pretty high um, obviously you can find a, a, a lovely lady anywhere and including here but um you know the sometimes like the thing is like if you want to go out you like some people some people just want to go out to a fancy club and it's like i'm not it's not my speed really you know i can't really keep up in that in that lane um the best thing um uh maybe maybe the mexican food <laughs> maybe that. Um, yes. I think it's probably. The, I I would say it's the best Mexican food in the country. I, I don't know, maybe Texas is, is has a claim. Um, I'm sure San Diego has a claim. I'm sure New Mexico, some of these places. But um, like I'm looking at a food truck. I'm looking at a taco truck down the street. Um, it's it's very consistent. Okay. Um, That sounds like a hacky answer. If I can change that later, I'll I'll report it. It's all good, (laughs) man. No worries. No worries. All
1: right. So, Jeeves, you got the horn ready?
2: Let's
1: do it. All right. So, it's our warehouse distillery. There we go. Wine on the Bridge Notebook. So, it's not really a notebook anymore. It's more of an Excel spreadsheet slash Google sheet. I sent it to Jerry earlier. You look through it, pick a question. I'm sure you've already picked one, but we'll do a little bit of housekeeping right now. First off, we'll do our uh, quick pick them top ten. We've got Jeff in first, Tyler Franklin second, Eddie Hutto third, Caleb fourth, Lurz is fifth, uh, Logan sixth, Wes is seventh, Amy is eighth, Greg and Kaylee is ninth, and Brittany McKinney's tenth. And then, even though Duvall left, we'll touch on it here a little bit, so... Got a message from uh, Megan Hegler, of Jeeves, I don't know if you remember her from high school, about she wanted us to talk about, you know, what we had to say about this past Panthers game on the podcast and the O-line and all that good stuff. So, Jeeves, you haven't talked a lot. I'll let you display your thoughts. I'll do a quick blurb. We'll, bo- we'll bore Zuri for a little bit. Maybe even good. ask him his thoughts, even though he probably hasn't watched but any clips on the Panthers game, just because we're here and we lost Duval, but...
4: I'll say some bullshit. I got you. There you go. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: Jeeps. What, are, uh, what mean, are your thoughts?
2: My, my thoughts, like, the announcers kept bragging about the defense. I mean, we knew going in that our defense was going to be – was going to show out almost every game. Um, they're, they're the ones that's going to keep us in the games. Um, as far as the offense, uh, DJ Moore needs to – he he needed to do something after the first drop he had, changed his gloves, changed his mojo, do something, but he didn't. He had three drops, but then he comes back and catches a great pass on another fourth down on the final drive to get it to the tie score. Um, Sam Darnold, I mean, he can sling he can sling the rock. Um, I mean, we you can see what I mean. We're seeing what we have without. Christian McCaffrey for another three more weeks. Um, Chuba's doing the best he can. Um, but other than that, we just need to, our, our offense just needs to get in sync and like play, play better like the whole, the whole fourth quarter, the whole, all four quarters. Like you okay. said, the third quarter is our demise, it's our worst quarter. Um, but we just need to put, we need to put all four quarters together,
1: okay. defense
2: and offense.
1: I'll counter you and think the third quarter may be the worst quarter. But what I've been talking about, people been asking me, I really think Sam Darnold has been, he's like, he's justified in his panic because sometimes the offensive line gives up quick pressure. But then there's other yeah. times, like the very first play of the game, where he had no pressure, but he still threw a pick because he panicked, thinking there was going to be pressure. And with McCaffrey out, you know, the defense doesn't give a crap who else running backs back there. They're just gonna double the wide receivers and say beat us and all that. I wish the offensive wow. coordinator would have called some more up tempo. Duval was calling for it during our reaction videos and all that kind of stuff as we were sitting there watching the game Sunday. It just seems like the same stuff that was happening last year. The double timeout. I mean you can't call two timeouts in a row on offense. The double timeout knows, from a
2: he knows he knows better a, than that. From
1: a fourth year quarterback. He's got to know that, you know. That's just kind of crazy uh, game management stuff. And though, Jeeves, the the defense has been good, but they still gave up 571 yards of offense. Almost, I think it was in their second or third most offensive total yards. So, at some points, they got to stop. But they were also on the field a hell of a lot longer because the offense had a lot of of third and downs and all that stuff. So, it'll be interesting, but – the offensive line kind of stinks, but about 26 out of 32 NFL teams have stinky offensive lines. Like, it's just, it's been a problem in the NFL for a while, uh, but a veteran quarterback, a, a, a franchise quarterback, if you want to put it around quotes, which they thought Darnold could be, makes the team better. We saw that with Cam Newton, where he had a crappy offensive line, but he was able to carry the team. You're seeing it with Lamar Jackson. Their team has 15 guys on injured reserve. They've lost their top three running backs, and they're still 5-1 and one or whatever it may be, and he's still making plays. Yeah. Now again, Sam Darnold was never going to be Lamar Jackson, but if you're a franchise quarterback, do. you don't use injuries to the offensive line, to receivers, to whatever, to justify why your team's losing. So, yeah, yeah that's that's, have, that's kind of my thoughts, Zuri. What you got? <laughs> Not
4: much. I got two basic Sam Darnold questions. Okay. One is he is he rushing? These are bad questions. Yeah. Is he rushing for too many touchdowns? I should he let his receivers actually catch touchdown
1: passes? Well, he hasn't run for one, and I since the Cowboys game. So it's been two weeks okay. since he's ran two for weeks. one. It's one okay. of those weird... It was
4: too many, though. It yes. Was doing it, too it was
1: one of those weird stats where he was, like, tied with Derrick Henry at one point, and I think even Jonathan Villman made a good point on the call and was like, this is why stats aren't everything, because hmm. even though he has the same rushing touch as a Derrick Henry, he has nowhere near the impact as Derrick Henry has, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is he okay. running it too much? I actually think at some points he needs to scramble more. I think on that yeah. first play of this Probably. last game... He could have ran it, or first off, he could have thrown it in the stands, go to second down, or he could have ran it for a couple yards, and he finally did that on those final two drives to, to tie us up the game where he realized, yeah. okay, instead of forcing it, they're running man coverage. Everyone's got their backs to me, and I can. he's, he's decently athletic. You know, you spoke about USC from his USC mm-hmm. days in college. He, he's got some athletic ability. It's just yeah. him, he's got to get out of that weird mojo, and um, sometimes he, stare down, he stares down his receivers a whole lot, and the the defensive players just key on that and pick the ball off or whatever. So,
4: okay. all right, what's your second one? Well, I have a great great explanation. I like film on the call. I, I'm enjoying his, his, <laughs> uh, his, his.
1: Yeah, he actually he actually was decently entertaining. He wasn't too serious. He's, he's getting better. He's getting yeah. better. He was he was, he was, he was, <laughs> he was a lot rough. yeah he was a lot rougher yeah. a couple years ago, but he's definitely yeah. polished up. So
4: we're seeing his personality more. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, do you think Sam Darnold is the guy to win a playoff game on the road? if you guys get to that situation. And it's kind of a generic question, but right how do you now, see that playing out if that happens?
1: Right now, after three losses, I'd say no. At the first three games, I could, I would have told you yes. We were riding high, you know what I mean? Um, but this is going to be a big show. I mean, we've got the Giants next, which, you, again, they should win this game with how bad the Giants are playing. It's going to be a Sam Darnold reunion. He's going to be up there in MetLife Stadium because that's where the Jets yep. and Giants play. We'll see how he reacts to that. And, you know, I don't know. we got to play the Bucks twice at the end. The, the tough stretch comes up. we got the Cardinals coming up. We've got, okay. uh, the, you know, the Saints again. And yep. I think there's a couple uh, – oh, wait, I got the schedule right next to me. Why do I try to memorize it? Uh, <laughs> right. You know, Washington, Miami, they look like – Buffalo. So a lot of those, you know, I think they, they kind of needed to split If at the worst, the Eagles and Vikings game because you need these wins – these easier wins before you hit the gauntlet of uh, Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa to finish the last four games of the and then, season.
2: And then Atlanta's, Atlanta's in there somewhere, yeah,
1: twice. Well, well, yeah, Atlanta's up there too, but there's kind of rebuilding mode as well. But it's always a divisional game. It can be tough. But Yeah. yeah can, can Darnold – right now, I don't know. I, I think we're kind of stuck in quarterback purgatory after yeah. letting go of Cam Newton and then signing Bridgewater and then cutting bait on Bridgewater and trade for Darnold. I really, I've been saying this kind of since they even traded for Darden before they did. I think they were going to make a big move for Watson, but then his creepy self kind of unveiled himself. You know what I mean? He did. Yeah. And I think it was too late in the game to try to make a pull for Russell Wilson because, and then they, I mean, they tried to trade their first round pick, number eighth overall, for Matt Stafford. He said no, he didn't want to come here. And then I. Th- Aaron Rodgers, they were still in dilemmas and there was still too much money involved with Green Bay, so I do think and I'm going to stand by it, that they built this team like Tampa did to where all they needed to do was add a quarterback and just he can he can ball out they've got the pieces, that defense is there, so I think they will heavily try to trade for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers wow. and maybe Deshaun Watson, depending on how his legal stuff shakes out because he's still not suspended by the league Oh. He, the Texans haven't suspended him, but he's got damn near so much evidence. I just, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. So
4: it's it's a it's a gro- it's a sticky story. It's it gross. is. Ah,
1: yes, it uh, is.
4: And ah. um, I think the last thing he said was like, "How come you guys?" When he was walking off a training camp field, was like, well, you guys keep filming me?" And yeah, then, like the next day. <laughs> yeah, it all went to, you know, to shit. Yeah, or for another time. Um, An eighth overall pick for uh, for. Rodgers, he said. Or Stafford. It
1: would have been Stafford. For
4: Stafford. Oh, yeah. that sounds decent. That sounds like. Yeah,
1: but the Lions didn't want to he... do it. They let Stafford <laughs> pick his own team, and obviously he went to L. A. because they were a little more championship ready caliber. Full so circle on the podcast. Absolutely. That's, the, there, that's LA. it. That's L. A. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's our that's our breakdown talk there. Hopefully Megan listens to it, and enjoys it. Uh, I wish we could have gotten Duvall's perspective, but you know if he had a mercy come up, and hopefully. We can get Megan to join us on the podcast here in a couple weeks, and she can vent her frustrations of this Panthers team. But, all right. We already, I guess we we horned before the horn, Jeebs. So, why don't you fire up the horn again? Oh, hold on. So, oh, look at you. (laughs) All right. So, now the official horn. We pre-horned too early. Warehouse Distillery, Wine on the Bridge, Notebook. Zuri, what question have you chosen?
4: Okay, I think I'm phrasing this the right way, but it's uh, if if and when you get to heaven, which four people would you want to meet? Okay. That, to I have that right?
1: I think so. Who wrote that one? Does it have a name next uh, to it?
4: Hang on. Got right it here. Uh, Levi Maguire. Okay. And the, the official question is, who's in your top four... Wait. And who's in your top four of the first people you decide to meet when you get to heaven? Okay. And... Should I get right into it? Yeah, go ahead.
1: If you got an answer, go for it.
4: Okay. I'll preface this by saying we don't know if there's a heaven, you know. Fair this, enough. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, ideally, there is, but, you know, yes. we'll see. Yeah. Um, I do have a list here. Uh, First person I want to meet is Kobe Bryant. Okay. Uh, my, my dog's name is Kobe. I talked about the Lakers a little bit on the podcast. And I think, more, more than anything, I would want to be the first person to tell him that we won a ring last year, or it's two seasons ago now. Yeah. I feel like the look on his eye to to, like, be the person that tells him that, would be priceless. Even yeah. though I'd be dead, I would still <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> As a dead man, yeah. I was like, wow, are these real tears? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, second one is, no, I'm not an art snob by any means. You've seen my artwork, it doesn't qualify. But I was thinking um, Basquiat, okay. I think that might be cool. Okay. He's just a free thinker. Um, basically, I just wanted to find out what was he on? You know, <laughs> where were you literally on? How did your mind work the way it, it, it did and does? Um, just a quick conversation with him, I think, would be fascinating. Third, <laughs> I'm like very litigious here. The third person. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Big Hero 6? Yes. Yes. The, the, the robot in that movie who dies in the end. I don't know if we can go fictional characters or not. Absolutely. But I want to meet the robot. I, yeah, it was a very sad movie. When he passed away, I was very emotional. And, okay. Uh, Baymax, I think, is his name. Yep. And I um, just want to chop it up with Baymax a little bit. Maybe, maybe shoot some hoops in heaven with Kobe. Maybe okay. it's all the same day. All right. Uh, and then the fourth, uh, I don't know if this counts, but God. Yeah. I want to meet and talk to God.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> that sounds very religious of me to say, but um, let's find out about the creation of the universe. Yeah. And um, you tell me how it all went down. And then maybe send me back if that's okay. But um, <laughs> 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 you're bringing you
1: the Disney references. Yeah, how about that? Uh, what was the Feelings movie that released this past year? Uh, oh,
4: that with, uh, with the jazz singer. Yeah. And, and, oh, um, that's kind of what happened oh, to him. soul. Yeah. Soul. Yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's soul, the same thing soul.
1: where he, he you kind of, well, you can't go back, and they let him actually go back and live. So
4: I want that to happen in real life. <laughs> uh, minus the whole cat body thing, but. That's um, true. <laughs> Yeah, those are my four. And it sounds like, you know, with me, that's a pretty good good team.
1: That's a solid four. I'll I'll kind of piggyback off of you. No particular order, just kind of how they came into my head. But to piggyback off the God, yeah, I think you'd have to go Jesus now. Yeah, we don't have to dive into the religious (laughs) breakdown here. But I think that would be an interesting. Like, is he really this cool of a, you know, person as it seems? I think people have made him out to different things with different writings Mm -hmm. and changed things throughout history. But, you know, I always like to throw back that he seemed like he hung out with all the cool people. You know, he hung out with yeah. the sinners. He hung out with the Saints. He kind of hung out with everybody. That's kind of how I try to live my life in a, in a way of just accepting people for who they are and, and not judge them for what their choices may be. So that would he'd be on my list. Uh, hit sports, I think Sam Mills, he was a big part of the Carolina Panthers. He was one of the first guys I met as a kid. Like I, I've told the story multiple times how well, my parents took us out to a Burger King, and he, like, signed some – footballs and stuff for us back in the day. I don't know if any athletes show up to Burger Kings anymore and sit there and eat a Whopper and right? have a line show up uh, around the block. So that was kind of cool, but it'd be cool awesome. to see him. Um, and then, let's see, that's two. Number three, you know, let's see. Maybe a – no, I, I, I wouldn't say a Michael Jackson because he might have had a crazy He was a weird – Weird cat there at the end, but yeah, we're gonna that to shine a lot Yeah, a yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, depends
4: what Michael. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, y- what young yeah exactly. Up there. What? Yeah, whichever
1: <laughs> one's up there, whatever, whatever form has been taken. Uh, Kobe was a good one. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get to you know. Maybe Robin Williams. You know, Ooh, he, that's he, awesome. He, that'd be a good one. I mean, and that, that to me is always another. Stance of, like you said, always sometimes the happiest people can also be battling the most, and everybody's battling yeah. something. And you would, yeah. you know, we always try to, us, when, you know, none of us here of whatever you consider made the millions, billions, dealings. Billions, and, and he, and essentially it seemed like he had it all, right? He had all the yeah. money, he had a family, he had a couple wives, ex wives, and everyone's got their problem and family issues. He had kids, and still at yeah. that point, he felt like it wasn't enough to then, you know, take his own life. And that's crazy to me to think that, you know, we all grind every day and to try to make it to a a status like that. And, you know, you never really truly know when you make it. You just kind of have to make it yourself and enjoy the now, the present, you know. So I I think he would be up there at three. And then four, you know, yeah, let's throw somebody in like, like history that... How about like a, like a Joan of Arc or a – I don't know. You you brought up a good artist, like maybe one of those. Who was one of those? Who's the guy who painted the uh, the thing where the two, the two dudes are on the – is that the 16th Chapel or whatever? The 16th
4: Chapel, yeah. I was going say Michelangelo. Was it yeah. Michelangelo?
1: So maybe him. And see, I, I liked your point <laughs> on that artist, like what were these people on, you know? Because yeah. you knew they had to have some kind of poppy seed or – <laughs> Something they were they were sipping on, or was it just all natural? And you know whatever yeah. it was, because I, I just started watching uh Boardwalk Empire, and there's a scene in there where they're shoot they're using cocaine as a sedative to numb the pain, mm-hmm. and that right. was the early 1900s. And to think now, I mean, people still use it as a sedative, but it's more of a party drug. And like to think that you could, you were shooting up kids with cocaine just to <laughs> to numb them to take a tooth <laughs> out is an insane thought to have right now in the year yeah. of 2021, right. but. So, yeah. Michael, I'll, I'll, we're, we're
4: going to have medicinal cocaine here. So, he asked about when did weed become legal. Uh, I think cocaine's next. Uh, yeah, man. It is. I'm it, just kidding. I do <laughs> <Hey>, you, <laughs> you never know.
1: But, uh, so, yeah, th- those will be my four. All right, geez, we gave you plenty yeah. of time. Who you got?
2: <laughs> uh, the first one that came to my mind was um, Dean Smith. Oh, okay. Carolina basketball legend. Just to, just to pick his brain on, like, how how it was recruiting back when he was coaching, um, and to see if he if Williams had did lived up to the lived up to the Carolina basketball way and everything. Um, and I then the good one um, was uh, Paul Walker.
1: Oh uh, yeah,
2: um, to see how how the the Fast and the Furious franchise actually like came together, you know, because they're like I said over the weekend they got one more movie to do and then they're done. So yeah. just see how it all came together. And, and who would
1: who would have ever thought that, right? Like when it came out in what the early two thousands, the first, first one that two thousand one was the first. Yeah, one. twenty years, yeah. twenty years of movie. It's like a Land Before Time almost, but for <laughs> adults driving fast cars. Yeah. I mean, it's unreal.
2: That's, that's that it, it would be a good, another good one um and then like y'all said to put god or jesus up there just to say hey how do i how'd hey, like just like just get his reaction on my life on how i did and everything <laughs> that he put me,
4: he put sure. me in, in my path and everybody in my life yeah, all that. I don't know how you get to heaven and not want to talk to Jesus or God. Like, what do you think? Oh, yeah. and then care top Like, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, <I> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the third. The
2: third one, uh, well, the last one would be, uh, like you said, Missouri. Uh, Kobe Bryant. Mm. Just to just to see, just to hear him talk and figure out if he was gonna see how many more movies or small documentaries that he that either he had lined up or Mm -hmm. like what was going to be his next move if he was going to go into the office of the lakers or was he just gonna like stop like not stop going to the games or or like more focus on uh his daughter's um hoops um and still promote the WNBA, maybe do something with the WNBA, or see what his next move was
4: after he won that Oscar for his little documentary that he yeah. did. Maybe his greatest legacy at this point is, is how much he was getting to promote women's basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Through his kids oh, and also sure. his, w. It, yeah. that's, um, his like The perception of him really... I mean, we're talking about people with transgressions and Kobe, obviously, yeah. and his too. But, yeah. Um, yeah. He, did, he did seem to work on it a lot. And he's gonna be very forthright.
1: The older he got. So. Yeah, I mean it. That is actually pretty true because I remember, you know, when he did die at Pro Bowl Sunday, sitting down, going, "Oh my gosh, really, really," and seeing people tweet uh, and there was fake tweets, and it was like, "What?" But uh-huh. to think about him growing up and going through that very public scenario of the, of yeah. the rapes, the accusations, yeah. the trial, all that, yeah. and to see where he ended up and how he was. Like you said completely turned that around to a positive and to help things and again we can only go by so much that we can see in the media but it seems like he genuinely turned it around and a lot of people respected him on and off the court and you know it it goes to show sometimes people do deserve a second chance and whatever happened you know like I said be forgiven and and all that kind of stuff so yeah
4: Mm -hmm. much respect and yeah yeah, obviously uh, you know shout out to his, you know the people that he may have hurt. The, the people yeah. that he hurt along the way. We yeah. will we'll recognize them too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, I think it is a good example of turning your life in a in a, in a more positive direction. Yeah.
1: Sure. yeah. Yeah. So I know if we ever have Zuri back, we'll get into the John Gruden emails. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll, we'll talk well, about we'll, we'll talk about the meaning of life and maybe some religion there. If yeah, heaven's real, yeah. all that kind of stuff. If we ever want to get well, to <laughs> down to those semi-serious uh, podcast stuff. So. Hey.
4: We dipped into it. I can't wait. Yeah, um, hit me up and, and I'll come back. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well. well, yeah,
1: we're we're here. We're at the end of it. Zuri, any final thoughts? Any final things you want to say?
4: I just want to say I'm embarrassed to not be a bigger NFL fan on this NFL podcast. You know, I know in <laughs> all these years, I'm dodging all these questions about the Rams and the Chargers. But you know, I I, I really am a big baseball guy and. um. Uh, I'm round. I'm, I'm, know, I'm rooting for you guys. Hopefully, the Panthers uh, go as far as 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 you wanted to go this year and beyond. So um, it's, it's gonna be a rough ride, <laughs> okay? <laughs> <laughs> rough ride. <laughs> well, um, I'll be watching them with you guys in mind now, and um, I know that you guys are true to this. So yeah. Um, also, I mean, side note, I'm just I'm proud of what you built here. Appreciate you know, it, man. Uh, This is you talked about. We we're talking about passion projects earlier, and you keep keep doing it because you you believe like either you believe it's going to blow up big or it's just something you're enjoying doing. And like, I think
1: it's, I think it's a mix. Yeah. I think it's always a mix of both, right? Like you do something for a passion and if it does, if it does blow up big for the positive things, great. If not, I think everybody needs hobbies and small outlets and other avenues. It can't always be about necessarily work, work, work and, Family's great all the time, but you also need something for yourself to just tinker with, or to play with, or to talk, or to shoot the breeze. So it's a yeah, good outlet once a week, just to kind of you know cut loose and and
4: Absolutely. talk with
1: the, you know grown adults about adult things in a kind of mm-hmm. fun manner. You know, yeah, man, yeah. So well, I appreciate that, man, and I appreciate you stopping through, stick around a little bit after, so I can grab a screen grab and uh, yeah, okay. man, Jeeves, uh, how do we finish the podcast?
0: Peace.